Can you explain a bit what does it even mean to be budgeting? Because I know that's a word that a lot of people are going, oh my God, snooze fest, bored. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. so what is actually budgeting? Yeah, I mean, a budget is your plan with money. It's putting a plan on paper, or in this case, you know, I use a spreadsheet online, but it's basically like, instead of being reactive, which most people are reactive with their money and their finances, mm they go from like what's left in the month. You start the month with a plan going into the month. So you're being proactive with your money and you have a plan for what's coming in instead of, Hey, how much is in my account? Can I cover this bill? How much should I spend on? Like you're constantly doing that math in your head. If you don't have some sort of plan in place going into the month. Welcome back. We are on today with my guest, Tonya Schultz on the Tool for Dishes podcast. So today with Tonya, we talk about budgeting and how to use it to get out of debt, stay out of debt, and just helping you have like more healthy finances so you can also then eventually end up investing, which is obviously something that um, I covered with Jeremy Schneider um, a while back on investing. So, but today we're basically going over the steps beforehand, like how, what to do before you can even invest, right? So if you need to get out of debt and you don't know where to start with budgeting, listen to Tanya. She's got tons of really, really good insights and she shares some really good tips on how to start. And we also go over a philosophy about why buying a house is not always the best thing to do, right? And the good things about renting. And she also goes over that when it comes to cars. So if you think about buying a car, listen to the end. She actually does um, give some thoughts about financially what is sound for some people and what isn't for others. So yeah, just hang on and listen to her. She's really great. Um, also just want to let you know that I am going to take a little break. Um, I don't really want to take a little break, but I got a little break. Uh, I have to take it. It's just, uh, it's just getting a lot to do that full-time job and the podcast and try to launch, I'm trying to launch this membership for helping others like create their own podcast. So just a lot of, um, balls up in the air, <laughs> juggling. And so I just need a little break. Um, it does break my heart, literally, that I don't have the energy all the time to do what I love, which is this, and uh, teaching others, you know, helping others to get their own podcast. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, so as long as I have a full-time job, I have to pace myself, unfortunately. So, yeah, I will take a little break, but I have tons of ideas of future episodes to record, and I can't wait to just have a bit, be in a better space to do that. So, um before we get into the episode, please don't forget to share <laughs> share this podcast with a friend. Give it a five-star rating, a review. You know, when you do that, it's all free. Uh, you can do this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Radio FM, Amazon, or wherever you listen to this podcast from. You can just do that for free. You can listen for free and you can like show your appreciation for free as well by following, rating, reviewing, subscribe, whichever way you can show love on the platform. Um, please go ahead and do it. It really, really is helpful and I really, really appreciate it. So 
as always, even if I'm on a going to be on a little hiatus um, to record, if you have any questions or thoughts uh, from this or any other episodes, I want to hear from you. You can message me directly at podcast at angie-s.com or just go to the website link in the show notes, which is uh, angie-s.com forward slash contact. But I'll put all of that in the show notes. So yeah, I can't wait to be back. Honestly, um, breaks my heart. I have to take a break, but it is what it is. I have to take care of my health. So um, yeah, before too long, I will be back. And without further ado, Please help me give a big, warm welcome to Tanya. Let's begin. Hey, Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Angie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I'm excited too. I um, I came across you, Tanya, uh, through Jeremy Schneider. He was on the he was on the podcast a few months back to talk about yeah. investing and stuff like that, and. So I thought you would be the absolute perfect fit to talk about what we do actually before even thinking about investing, right? Because personally, I had to get out of debt. It was very, very painful. Uh, And, um, you know, I had to think about budget. And even now, I'm always updating my budget. I downloaded your budget sheet. Um, I think you give really good (laughs) advice. And your budget sheet, even though I've done budgets for a long time, like had things I hadn't thought about. So I was like, okay, I must get Mm. Tanya on uh, to talk about how to get our money in order before we can even start savings, investments, and all that beautiful stuff that comes afterwards. So before we dive into this, Tanya, please introduce yourself, where you live, and what you do. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, my name is Tanya Schultz, and I live in Lake Tahoe in Northern California, up in the mountains. Um, I'm an avid snowboarder, and you know I love being outside, so that's a big part of my lifestyle. But I got into personal finance about six, seven years ago now on my own personal finance journey, and I really wanted to empower myself around my personal finances because I was in a lot of debt. <laughs> like you said, you know, mm-hmm. you had a bunch of debt. I was really stressed and anxious about money, and I was honestly, I was in a living situation, um, in a relationship that I couldn't really leave because I didn't have the finances to. Mm -hmm. And so that's what really kind of set me on like, I need to figure this out. I'm in my thirties. I need to get my life together. And, um, I started reading and listening to podcasts and all kinds of stuff to just start to educate myself. And that's what really got me started. And through that, I was able to pay off my debt. I got really focused on budgeting and the foundation of my personal finances and looking at my financial habits. And then through paying off my debt, after I paid off my debt within a year, I was like, I need to teach other people how to do this, especially women on like a faster timeline (laughs) than what what it took me. So that's basically been my mission the past five years. And, you know, putting out a lot of content on social media, creating coaching programs and working one-on-one with clients. So yeah, a little bit of all kinds of stuff, but content creation is what I like to do. Just the short form videos to put out for people, um, where they can learn something and hopefully inspire them. <laughs> no, they're very good. And I, you know what I really like about what you said, like you, there's a, there's a few couple of things here I wrote down is that, um, it's pretty clear just by listening to you that, you know, you, you know, other than making a decision to get out of it and, 
change your circumstances it's pretty clear that you, you like also hustled your way out of it i don't want to sort of necessarily encourage like hustle mentality and stuff but like mm-hmm. it does take work like you have to go out make money like you created content you went out you selling some uh you selling programs all of those things demand work right and i think a lot of sometimes i feel maybe sometimes people forget that you do really have to you know cut down expenses and you have to work you have to try and find some way to get a better salary or get a second job and it's and I know people say it's easier said than done but mm-hmm. it I, honestly unless you can like for me I couldn't see any way out unless I could actually get more money and cut yeah. down expenses and get control over it there was no way I was going to get out of it without yeah really putting my back into it basically <laughs> yeah yeah no I 100% agree and I always tell people you know let's look at this as a temporary thing and Mm. really get focused on, you know, can you work, you know, extra hours or get an extra job temporarily for the next six months to a year or whatever to really start to get ahead because yeah, otherwise it's kind of impossible to do it for most people with their regular jobs and especially with just inflation and everything else going on. So yeah, it's like, this is temporary and can you do this? you know, for a limited, uh, a short period of time for that long-term reward. Well, this is it. And, and like you said, like you felt stressed and anxious about money. And that is something that I, I hope I will never forget. Like is how, like, I know, you know, like they say, like, you know, um, money doesn't bring happiness or, or, or whatever the expression is, right? The money doesn't make you happy. But I know that being broke made me so stressed and anxious. It was, it was really hard like it was horrible I it you just you know you have no um it's really hard to go like to be doing things well and to be successful when you're so stressed about money Mm -hmm. because it has an impact everywhere you go like you go grocery shopping you need to get this you need to get that there's a bill coming in there's your rent that is due uh, there's the interest you pay on your debt like it is such a big stress factor and I never Mm -hmm. forgot that once I actually got like when I could start to see I was going to get out of there and I didn't have to worry about which kind of tomatoes I was getting in the store <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. that I could actually just go and get food without having to I could actually get the nice stuff it just it felt so I felt such relief like it really felt and I felt a lot more calmer so I actually do think mm. that money does help with your lifestyle it helps when you have health issues it helps with a lot of things it allows you so many things that is what you do with it that's actually going to bring you happiness that's going to bring you more happiness than when you're completely broke yeah no it is that freedom that money can bring and also the peace around money that people don't think about and that mental energy the mental energy you're talking about that it takes when you're broke you're always in a scarcity fight or flight mentality you're always stressed and like that yeah, because it's always on your mind. So when you remove that, or at least, you know, the majority of that from your life and have a budget and have a plan and especially are able to pay off debt. Yeah. There's like, you just can breathe. It's almost like, (laughs) it's just a completely different feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Um, and so, so that's, that brings us to actually like debts, right? So, because, um, it's very, very, very strange. I feel like, I mean, I've been in, I've gone into debt twice, right? So I relapsed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a relapser. <laughs> yeah. I'm out of debt now, touch wood. <laughs> Let's not take okay, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but when I, when you look at debt, like even, even back in the medieval times and maybe probably even further, further, 
further along. Like even the kings and the queens were indebted to the banks. You know, they had yeah. debts like no no one else, right? So, but even us, like average Joes, we are we get into debt. Like why why is that? Like why how why and how do we even start to get into debt? Why is this so common? I feel like it's marketing and the society telling us that this is normal um, mm -hmm. to live like this and to, you know, it's, it's, it's exacerbated in the last like five to 10 years. I definitely say with social media and stuff like that, but I definitely think it's in our face constantly that we don't have enough. We need more, you know? And it, so, and then they make it so easy for us to use afterpay or firm or things buy now pay later where, Oh, well you don't have the money for this, but you can, pay it back later. So they make it, mm. they frame it like it's a good thing yes. and it's a positive thing. Yeah. When for the majority of people, it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. They, they even call it financing. So it makes it sound like as if it's like, oh, that sounds like really a grown up thing to do, but it's not. It's, yeah. it's like, it's such a slippery slope. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I think that is thing. It's almost like that thing about you, you need to look rich, you know, that's yeah. the thing, like, especially with like Instagram, um, and, and actually even like Facebook and whatever, but it's like, it's, it's that look, right? And like, even people were doing all these, um, now, now people caught on, people don't do this anymore, I think, or not as much, but you know, people used to like rent like these um, designer bags, rent a jet and made it sound like as yeah. if it was theirs and that's the lifestyle they were living. <laughs> it's like, and people at the beginning, they didn't know it was like a, a known scam and until like it got, you know, uh, revealed, but Things like that is so misleading and it's so dishonest because people are like, oh, yeah, so if I follow what she does or he does, I'm going to get my own jet. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, you won't. You, you'll probably be in debt just like they are. So, yeah, it's yeah. Um, it's really bad. Um, so what what are the um, what are the first few steps you would say? Like if, if you're in debt and you want to get out of debt, like what are the first few steps to to do because it feels really overwhelming like because you can't even think about saving money because you're in debt you just don't even know what are the first things to do yeah I mean the thing I always help my clients with and what I tell people to do first is to really just write down all of your overhead just on paper pen and paper write out what is your actual overhead what do you need to get through the month with um you know n with nothing else added so how much do you need to make make sure that you're making just to cover the bills and the basic expenses. Most people don't really know that. And they, and they're overspending on food and things that they don't realize because they're not looking at their monthly expenses. So just knowing your overhead and kind of putting it all on paper is the first thing. And then starting to create a budget and see, okay, I have this much money coming in and this much money going out. Where can I cut my spending? Is there anywhere easy I can cut things? And then how much more can I put towards one or two of those debts. So really focusing on one or two things at a time, because yeah, you can feel like you still want to save money and invest and do all the things at once. And it's really impossible if you, especially if you want to pay off debt, you can't be doing everything at once. So when you, you know, when you say like overheads, I think like here in the, in the UK, they talk about, they talk about personal survival budget. So I think I have a feeling that's the same thing. It's like, yeah. like I had to do one where I pretty should put down like rent electricity gas water transport food all of these yeah. things like basically anything and it, it's like how, how much am i actually and i was actually shocked at how much it was because i was like then i look at how much i was yeah. making and i was like oh no wonder i'm constantly like i'm not getting out of this like 
dead hole. <laughs> like it was just, there was no way. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then I had to find way of cutting stuff. And I just, I didn't even, it was, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's important to do. And especially if you, because it's very easy to go, oh, I want to upgrade my flat. I want to move. But then you look at the paper and you go, actually, no, you can't even afford to, to even stay here. It's really, really important to have this on paper. Can you explain a bit what does it even mean to be budgeting? Because I know that's a word that a lot of people are going, oh my God, snooze fest, bored. Uh, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. so what <laughs> yeah. is actually budgeting? Yeah, I mean, a budget is your plan with money. It's putting a plan on paper, or in this case, you know, I use a spreadsheet online, but it's basically like, instead of being reactive, which most people are reactive with their money and their finances, mm they go from like what's left in the month. You start the month with a plan going into the month. So you're being proactive with your money and you have a plan for what's coming in instead of, hey, how much is in my account? Can I cover this bill? How much should I spend? Like you're constantly doing that math in your head if you don't have some sort of plan in place going into the month. And that budget might fluctuate, obviously from month to month or even within the month, but at least going in with a general plan um, on what your, where your money is gonna go is super important. Is that you fluctuate fluctuates because all of a sudden you have to buy a flight home and that just added a few hundred pounds or dollars to your to your budget that you may not have accounted for? Is that what you mean by it fluctuates even in the same months? Yeah, like you might get in the middle of the month and be like, oh, I forgot about this monthly fee or I forgot, especially in the beginning when you're budgeting, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about this, I forgot about that. So yeah, there might be things that come up that you forgot about in your budget, but mm -hmm. I always put what I call buffer, <laughs> uh, or like at least two to $400 around $200 normally in the beginning, um, with people's budgets. So that way, if something is off or something fluctuates, you can use this money for those things that should come up that may come up in your budget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a buffering. And then also kind of like you said, like you said, though, you, I want to bring it back to, you might not, you might look at your budget and be like, I don't, I'm not making enough money, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it might just be that. And so that might be the wake up call that you might need to get an extra job or do, cause it's either an income issue or a spending, you know, you either spend less or make more. <laughs> Those are the basic things you could do. Yes, yes, yes. So most people, I wouldn't say most people, but some people need to spend less. Some people need to make more. When you do a budget, let's say, let's say you've written down all of your expenses that you have every single month, and then you can sort of start to remember, okay, so that time of year, I have to pay the estate agent for renewal of the lease or those kinds of stuff, like mm -hmm. fly home for Christmas, X amount of money, those kinds of things. Um, when, when, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to ask you now, but yeah, so when you, when you do, um, <laughs> When you do that, that yes, this is it. When you do that budget sheet, and when you, when you yeah. know all this down, are there any sort of like measurements, percentage you need to look at? So, for example, rent. I was always told that it, used, it should be not more than 30% of your income. Now, I don't know if that means before or after tax, but I always do everything after tax. But are there things like that that you have like a you need to look at a percentage of like, okay, your food, how much should it really be for one person that out of your income yeah. rent? Like how do we, because uh, those are things that they don't teach you in school, but are so necessary that when you move out from home, like you need to know, can you afford this rent? And it's very hard to know when you, when you have, when no one's told you. 
Yeah. I mean, I think those general percentages and I do add those into my budget tracker for people. And that's something that I initially assess with clients is, yeah, what do those percentages look like? It can definitely fluctuate depending on where you live and sometimes how much money you make. But um, in general, you know, for, for your housing costs, right? Like obviously you want that the lower, the amount of the lower percentage, the better. But yeah, if it's more than 35, 40% of your take home, that's a lot of money going towards your living expenses. So, Mm. or your housing. So how can you, is that realistic and, or do you need to cut that back? So yeah, I give people those percentages and I think looking in that overhead, even food. So food should be generally between five and 15%. I've seen people's budgets at like 25, 30% (laughs) of their income on food. And you're like, wait a second, you know, think about that for a second. So yeah. 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 I think knowing those percentages definitely help if you're setting up a budget. Yeah. And is that, so when you said, um, if it's more than like 35% or 40% of your take home pay, so that means after tax, right? Like how much you, it lands in your bank account. I would look after tax. Yeah. I would look after tax for sure. And is it, so do you have any sort of like out of the box ideas of getting out of debt other than obviously the obvious like okay like let's reduce our costs if we can or stop or reduce our spending are there any things like i know you mentioned about maybe getting an extra job are there any other things that they're sort of like oh actually i haven't thought about that that would help me get out of debt so how you know maybe how you pay off the credit cards you know like is it the one with the high interest the low interest like what all these things like how do we how do we prioritize how to you know Yeah. I think that's a good question. I mean, the first thing that I, one of the things that I did was I went through a lot of stuff at my house and was like, what am I not using that I can sell? That's worth something that I'm not just here. You know, a lot of people just like have stuff lying around their house that they don't use anymore, but it's valuable. So I, you know, I was going to consignment stores, uh, selling my clothes, you know, my used clothes and making (laughs) quite a, you know, hundreds of dollars here and there, 60 to a hundred dollars. Yeah. And that adds up. So I started, you know, I went through everything on my house and I just did this frequently where I looked at what I could sell and just taking on looking, you know, I liked, I like jobs cause I work on my computer a lot. So I was like, okay, what can I do that takes me outside the house? Like I worked at a yoga studio on the weekends and they had like events and things like that. So I was, you know, being out in the community and meeting people, but also making money doing it and having fun. So look for jobs that are also can be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like a side yeah. job, if you can, you know, and make some money doing it. Yeah. I love that. I, lo- I love that you even thought about you because yeah, I think when we spend so much time in front of the computer, it's just really nice to be social in the, in the work environment too. So I love that you combine those two things. Um, I, I actually had a friend years ago that how she managed to actually buy um, a flat in London with her own money was that she had, she had a, she had a good job, but it wasn't like, and she was an assistant like me. So it wasn't like crazy money either. Like you can't, there's a, there's a very strong cap on how much you can earn yeah. at some point. But what she did is that on the weekend uh, and in the evening, she would go and, um, she would go and work in events. Um, and so she would make extra money. You know, you could be making like a hundred pounds yeah. um, a day or an evening to work at an event, like just, you know, being the hostess. And it's like, she just kept doing that, you know, um, several several weekends a, a month. And she eventually managed to save from her income and save from that. And yeah, and she got like a, 
a little flat, but it was her first flat. And so she did that. So, and then she getting the bus everywhere instead of the tube because the tube is more expensive. So she made a lot of sacrifice. And then I think she was exactly, yeah, she was in her 20s. So she had also, you know, you had the energy then, right? Uh, but it's (laughs) (laughs) all of these things, yeah. But I think, um, yeah, it's uh, you, yeah, it's just about finding, finding ways. Um, do, do you know why? people relapse into debt is that is there like are there any like statistics around that like do most people relapse into debt or is there a reason why Uh, they do I think it comes down to your financial habits just like I related a lot to weight loss or a fitness plan Mm. if you don't have if you're not if you're not changing your identity around debt and what that means to you to go into debt you might easily go into debt again so if it's like, oh, well, you know, I paid off debt, but now actually I need to buy a new car or whatever it is like, and you didn't have a plan to save up money to buy a car, which sometimes, you know, these things happen. But I think really after you pay off debt, if you're really focused and can build up that emergency fund savings and have that buffer of money for yourself, you're going to set yourself up for success and not have to rely on going into debt. Um, term. So I think it is your financial habits and your and how you perceive debt mm-hmm. some of the time. But also, I think it's also um, not realizing how much you're shooting yourself in the foot by getting into debt over certain things that you you could have avoided. Like I think for me, I got like a serious wake up call um, when I started looking at, okay, how does my future look like? Like, when can I retire? How much is my current pension at? And yeah, it put the fear of God in me. And I'm like, I'm 44. <laughs> so, you know, I'm 44. So I'm quite late. Like I'm only just now, like in the last few months, properly actually, you know, saving, investing for my pension. And, um, and I think when I look at how much debts I've paid off, I could actually have used the energy into saving, right? But at the time, I just did not realize. I didn't even understand the impact of not saving for your pension i had no i just did not understand mm-hmm. it it was just not part of my curriculum or i was completely financially um not not educated it's it just I, I feel it's such a shame that they don't teach this in school because it's such an important life skill it truly truly is yeah well i think it's a combination of things it's kind of how we grew up around money and what we learned growing up but i do think for me, like kind of what you're saying for your age, I, you know, we think when we're in our twenties and early thirties, we always have more, there's going to be plenty of time to start saving and investing. And, but when you actually look at the numbers (laughs) and when you get into your mid thirties for me, like I was doing the same thing, like you were doing, I was looking at how fast time was going by and all of a sudden looking like, okay, retirement, if I want to retire early, which I did. And if I want to have time freedom in my life and not have to be working a nine to five the rest of my life, I can't do, I'm not going to be able to do that anytime soon. So, you know, looking at those numbers (laughs) and seeing what you could be saving and investing and what that actually means Mm -hmm. and understanding investing is super important for your future. So yeah, I think something kind of hits you in your thirties. I have a lot of clients that age that are like, I got to figure this out now and get a plan. And it's like, it's like life is short, but it's very long when you're broke. I'm just going to say it that way. Like it is a long day and night when you're broke. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's no fun. Is that should, you know, should everyone have a budget or is that just for like 
people like me who just didn't really have like all, all sorts of money like is it always it should should they should it be for everyone no, ma no matter how much they earn yeah a hundred percent I mm -hmm. totally think you should unless you're just a billionaire with no <laughs> concern I mean honestly because if you think about it I mean I always say this in my course too it's like would any big corporation that's making could be making billions of dollars ever run their company without a budget would any business no like you if you put in that perspective in your your life you make the average person makes two million over two million pounds two million dollars in their lifetime that's a lot of money the average and a lot of people make a lot more so would you if somebody gave you two million dollars what would you do with that I money know, i know yeah i mean yeah so yeah i think no matter what and you know you always lifestyle creep which they call you know you know us lifestyle creep is real so you start to make more money and you start to easily spend more money so how can you mitigate that with a budget and have your money work for you do you know that's really interesting because yeah i think that's definitely a thing um but it's funny because now now that i'm making more money that i've ever done before and now but i'm saving so much money like i'm saving such a big portion of my income uh like 30 and i know well actually i've got a question about that but yeah i'm saving so much more. like i'm actually i'm actually spending less and i've actually downgraded almost my lifestyle apart from like the food i get better food but i haven't gone out and bought new clothes i just haven't like because i'm now i'm like money is like is like I've always valued it, but now I really value it. I'm like that money. I'm actually working really hard for it. <laughs> I'm not going to spend it on some like silliness for who, why am I not going to buy that? What that thing just to look good for who? Like it's just, no, yeah. <laughs> it's like I've become a lot more frugal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I'm not going to be broke again, ever again. Like that's just can't happen. Yeah. I think that happens. That happens a lot when you start to pay off debt faster, you get out of debt too, because you all of a sudden realize all the crap that you don't need. Yes. <laughs> you know, like so much stuff that you're like, why did I care about this? Or what, you know, so many things that we thought we needed that we actually don't use or just end up being a waste of money when you realize how valuable money is. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Oh my God. Yes. I saw you did this post on your Instagram and I thought that was actually quite good. It was like, basically, um, there was this young lady and she was saying about how, she was encouraging someone to just like live your life. You may just die tomorrow crossing the road on your way to work. Just take that holiday. I'm not saying to go totally <laughs> broke, but yeah, just take that holiday. And then you have something really interesting to say about that. Would you, would you mind like expanding? Yeah. That? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a pretty big trend on social media that, you know, younger people are like, I can always make more money and I can always do this. And so I showed it, you know, the stats on the average lifespan, like how long people actually live for. And if you're not close to that age, the likelihood of you dying tomorrow is very small. <laughs> so mm -hmm. if you're not, you, you can find ways to live your life today and plan for tomorrow. And I think people think it has to be one or the other. Like I can only have this life I want now, or I can only sit, you know, or you can only save money, which isn't true. So, you know, in her perspective, she's saying, you know, she's probably in her early twenties, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, and she's yeah. saying, <laughs> I'm just going to spend my money and have fun and enjoy my life. And not, she wasn't saying, oh, I don't want to save anything. But yeah, that's how she was coming across. And I think if you're looking at the statistics, why would you plan on dying tomorrow? <laughs> like, plan, you know, plan on living for 80 plus years in my mind. No, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, it's, that's the thing, isn't it? I think it's, um, 
it's important to be able to like treat yourself like and i think that's where maybe like that little buffer like you said like if you have like 200 buffer a month and if that buffer hasn't been used up if you actually still had that extra you can either choose to save that or to maybe just like treat yourself to something like you know or I don't, I don't know what it would be but like you know whatever it could be like a massage a spa or like if you you know maybe just to treat yourself for having been so good with your budget I don't know but I think it's like yeah you can you can budget in the fun and it sounds like Monica and friends where she goes like games like often because they have rules but it's like it's a little bit like yeah. that with money that's how I see it now I feel like I've got this container this safe container around it and I actually enjoy every month to go into my budget sheet and go, okay, right. And look at my investment sheet and go, okay, right. Did that go out? Because everything is on direct debit now, but I still go in and check. I'm like, is this? Yes. Did this go out? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now I can breathe because all the money is being taken care of because I put in the systems. And now how much have I got? Oh, I've got extra. How did that happen? And then I put this, I may put yeah. it in a different part or I may keep it and buy a gift for someone or whatever it is, right? But it's just like... There has to be some sort of, like, it's given me calm to have that more, this under control. So to have it all written down, and it's a painful process when you have to start it. Like, and I know it's not fun, but it's now I'm like, I'm so glad I've done it. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I may sometimes still get surprised, but like, it's more like in terms of like the business side. So now I plan out what I'm going to do, what I'm going to spend on. So there was something I was going to spend on. Um, and yeah. I could see that had this other thing that was still, uh, was still waiting for the invoice. So I'm like, okay, whilst the invoice yeah. doesn't come in, I cannot spend this other money. I'm going to move this to June, like literally, but then I can plan yeah. it. Then it means, it also means that, oh, I know I can still afford it. Just not now. I got, I got to wait because it's not in this month's budget and those kinds of things. I'm not, I don't even know if it's the right way to do it, but it's given me a lot more peace and, um, it's under control. That's how it feels. Yeah, I think that's mm. the biggest thing I think people don't realize is that sense of control yes. that and and it makes spending your money fun when you do budget. Actually, you know, the thing that people don't think about when I help people put money into their budget for gifts for people or things like that. It's like, OK, now I know I have a hundred dollars to spend towards this thing instead of guessing or thinking they might and or going into debt for it. It's it actually makes spending your money a lot more fun in your budget. And being able to move that stuff around, like you said, gives you that sense of control and freedom yeah. that you normally wouldn't have instead of being stressed every month being like, is this going to come in? What should I, should I not spend this money? So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool <laughs> when you do it for a while, start seeing the results. Do you know that, would you know what's also what's interesting is actually having that control, um, is that I've realized that before I had that control, my two other options in the past would have been, oh, spend the money now because I don't know what my budget is or realizing oh I don't have that money in my bank account oh damn that means I can't afford it and I would never circle back to it and you just be get lost down in the drain right yeah that's a good point that's a really good point exactly and then even in a few months time I may see oh, actually I don't need this anymore but then it's a different this that decision comes from a different place right it doesn't come from this like money this this fear of not having the money or being completely oblivious to how little money you have just overspending right so yeah are there things that um so are there things that people seem to forget to include in their budget sheet because yours is super comprehensive like those things and I was like oh damn I didn't <laughs> think about that <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. that's why I have it for people because I think there are yeah. so many things that we forget I think the 
one of the most important things to do when you start budgeting is doing that yearly planning or an overview of those expenses that don't happen monthly that people forget about. Mm -hmm. So really looking at, you know, subscriptions, annual subscriptions or fees, things that come up every couple months, even, you know, like getting your hair cut or certain things that don't happen monthly, really dialing that in and figuring out what are, what's everything that's going to come out this year. So that way, when you create the budget for the month, you can look at that tab that's it's on a tab on the sheet and you can um, say, Oh yeah, I, I forgot about this fee. Cause those are the things that we forget about and then throw people off their budget. And then they say, I quit. I hate this. This isn't working for me because they aren't planning correctly. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to start to add those in because, and I'm just going to bring this up. Like um, there's a lot more on your budget tracker, but the things that I was like, Oh, I didn't think about that. Is like the gifts prescriptions flights yeah. home i and it, so yeah I, I mean i definitely encourage people to just check out your budget sheet if anything do that because it's like like the year like you said like the yearly yeah. planning that's the thing that i never thought of i just did not work for personal expenses not the business stuff i have because i have to do my tax every year but for the bit personal stuff i was like no did not even account that in at all so super <laughs> important yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's the thing. And people, that's why normally when I coach people with one-on-one, I want to work with them for six months because I think it takes people about three, three to four months to really get the hang of budgeting. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and look at three, three full months of budgeting and doing this. But I also think like those things that come up that you don't realize (laughs) that happen over the course of six months that you need to plan for, and people, you know, you just want to be as, as prepared as possible. And especially like just insurance that comes up or certain things for people um, that they don't think about and planning for trips, like you said, planning in advance yeah. and having that money instead of being like, oh, now I got to fit it in instead of planning for it in a couple of months in advance. You know, you mentioned uh, emergency fund, right? A couple of few times. I've definitely seen like different school of thoughts around it in terms of like how much money you save depending on you know whether you're self-employed or employed all these kind of things like how how much like our emergency first of all what is an emergency fund for and then we'll go into like the math of it like what are what do you consider an emergency should ever be used for yeah i love this topic so i always tell people an emergency fund is not a savings account (laughs) It might be the money might be sitting in technically a savings account in the bank, but it should just be for sitting there in case of an emergency, like a health emergency, travel, you lose your job, um, something like that. So, and this money, it should ideally an emergency fund should be, they always say, three to six months of expenses, not income. So, once you look at your expenses in your budget tracker and say it's 3000 to cover everything for the month or four thousand, whatever it is, mm. then it's okay. Now I need 12,000 pounds for three months. Um, ideally, you know, that's like what, how I'd be looking at that. And really that money is just like sitting there because it's your personal insurance in case, like I said, you lose your job. There's a health issue that comes up. There's a last minute travel or you get stuck somewhere because of who knows airline travel is a, a mess right now. (laughs) Um, there's all kinds of things that might constitute, but what doesn't constitute as emergency is like 
oh, this couch is on sale or <laughs> this sofa, you know, so, yeah. something comes up and you're like, Hey, now I'm going to use this for that. It's like, no, it's just, it should sit outside of your, outside of your regular checking account, like in a separate bank account. So mm. I use a separate online checking account. So it's completely like out of sight, out of mind almost. And it's just sitting there in case my car breaks down. I have a car repair, um, things like that. Yeah. Or like legal fees all of a sudden, like, or things because like, those things yeah. are quite expensive and it's like taxes yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> taxes exactly. come up a lot um yeah but i think oh so you shouldn't be saving for taxes like separate let's say if you're self-employed you shouldn't be saving that separately somewhere like in the different i think part? that no yeah ideally you should be but you know it's always like oh i owe taxes and i didn't realize i'm gonna owe taxes like for personal your personal expenses yeah. sometimes that happens or there's back taxes that i see a lot of people owe for whatever reason and don't oh, realize it so yeah that is so mean yeah. when you do that it's so mean i know <laughs> so yeah. it's really mean um so 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 you you mentioned and i know you've did a post on this on your social media and i was like oh damn i need to sort this out because you, like you just said that like your emergency fund yes it, it lives in the saving accounts because obviously this way it's not just dormant money. It's actually working for you a little bit. Um, but it has to obviously be a savings account you can quickly take out, which is why it's not an investment like when you put in index funds and that kind of stuff, which you should really leave it just there. And it's not that easy to access. So like emergency fund is like, you need it now, like your car broke down. You need it now, you've lost your job. But you mentioned something in that social media post was that, and you said it again now, is like that money should not be visible like that easy to see right so it should be away from your regular bank account now my like a third of my emergency fund actually is in my with my bank because they have the bet they have like there was the highest they were offering for them that could see on the market it was like five percent they were giving five percent up to certain amount and then anything after is like goes down yeah. to 0.5%. So I've got it there. And I, and I, but it's like, I wanted to be making money and I see the interest coming in every month. So I'm like, yes. yeah, but it's, I, I, I think, but you're really right. It should really live somewhere else. So the rest is on a different, it's like a, it's a, it's a online bank. Like it's like a, it's an app. It's not even a physical bank, but I have to go into the app, mm-hmm. but the direct debit is automatic. So I don't have to think about that. Like every month the money goes in there for my emergency fund and I'm still building, but that first chunk is like I could literally just withdraw it right now whilst I talk to if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it's really like you say, it's, it's too easy. Yeah, I think you have to know yourself. You have to know yourself, right? I think knowing yourself is is key. Like, am I going to easily be tempted to use this money, or does it need to be in an online savings account? Like, not a money market account, still liquid cash that's not in technically invested. Um, you know, I want to yes. make sure that, that people know that don't like put it into a money market or something where it's like locked it locked into something. But yeah, like for me, I was like, if I see the money, I might easily just like transfer a hundred dollar, you know, transfer money easily back and forth because I don't have that habit in place. Yeah. And yeah, so I think for the majority of people keeping it separate helps to not be able to see it or just easily be tempted to spend it. <laughs> so, so just to clarify, you said like, don't have a locked in, don't put your emergency fund in the locked in money market. What do you mean by money market? So it, yeah, in the United States, they have money market. They're called, there's different types of accounts. There's like certificates of a deposit, um, which, and money market accounts. So you say, I'm going to keep my money in this account for 
three or six months or whatever, and they guarantee you a percentage on your money. Mm. But technically there's like fees if you try to take out your money early. So you're saying, I'm going to keep this money in here for this period of time. But if you have just a high yield online savings account, so I use Discover online personally, there's ones like Ally and American Express and things like that. But um, it's just, it's a savings account, but they're giving you a high, higher yield, high interest on your money. So three to 4% right now. And yeah, you're making some money on that money sitting there. Yeah, I think <laughs> that, that is actually, that's actually what uh, Jeremy told me to do as well with the emergency funds. I had no idea like what I was doing. And he was like, said, yeah, put it somewhere you don't get, like, like you just said now, like we don't get penalized for taking the money out. So it most likely yeah. not going to be like the highest, you know, the highest interest, but this is doing something, but you can retrieve it um, for that emergency and everything else gets, you know, you put this, you, you lock it in for like longer term. So yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. But yeah, I need to see if I can find something else at 5%. I can move that money. Because <laughs> I'm really scared <laughs> that I'm going to get like itchy fingers, you know, like it's right there on the app. That's and good. it's like, it almost gives me anxiety to see it there just because I'm like, don't touch oh, it. Oh, touch it. Yeah. Because I'm just, because I, I am good now, but it's like, it's just, it's just, like you said, easy access, right? It's just, it's like if you mm-hmm. try to cut off ice cream and chocolate and it's in your fridge and in your cupboards, it's going to be very difficult not to yep. eat it. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Knowing yourself, just like you're saying, fi- financial habits are so relatable to your health and wellness yes. and how you treat yourself, you know, those habits as well. Like it makes so much sense. <laughs> When you think of it like that oh for sure absolutely it it, it everything is uh related you know everything is linked i think in that way so um can i ask you what are your thoughts on the the fire movement like the fire which is like uh, for those who don't know it's like the uh financially financial independence retire early like some of those things they like super strict like they say you have to live on 20 percent of your income which by the way in london like when you live alone it's impossible like you cannot, you cannot even have rent at 20% of your income. If you live alone, like if you share, maybe, and even then it's really expensive now. So, but like, do you have any thoughts on that, on the fire movement? Like, do you, is it it something that you follow? Yeah. I mean, I follow some of the creators of people doing the fire movement. I think it's definitely interesting. I think it's a cool concept, especially if you're younger and not motivated. Like you said, when you have more of that, more energy and time when you're younger, to invest more and really be able to save and invest at a young age is really cool. And that way, you know, like if I would have known about fire, I don't know if I would have been that extreme, but like even investing 20 to 30%, you know, more than what they say, 15% on average, you should be investing a month. Like if I was investing 20 to 30% in my twenties, how much, how much money could I have now and potentially be able to retire in my early forties or something, you know? know, So I think it's cool to look at those numbers and to see what that is. But I also think, like you said, some of it's for most people, it's unrealistic, but it is a cool, if you're younger and not motivated, I think it is pretty cool to look at. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's definitely something that's, it sort of also shows you like how, I mean, I don't really know much about the fire movement. I know a little bit of it. I've, I've, I've heard to, I've heard some YouTube videos. So again, it's very flippant what I'm about to say. Like, I don't actually know it. I just know that it's, you know, it's all about 
ways to save money and, and, and invest so that you can retire early. And even if you retire, they don't mean that you don't necessarily work, but you can actually choose the work that you do that's not necessarily based on money, right? Because you actually have put a system in place that you have that income coming in every month for your early retirement, right? And some of them is really early. Um, yeah. But I think it's really good in terms of seeing that actually it's almost like goes against the 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 trends that can they, that we can see on social media about you've got to spend money to make money yeah on some level you've got to invest for it to make some return right but like the whole thing about being very flashy and and live life and live now and spend all your money and and get all the things it shows actually people who are really serious about money it's actually quite boring and i say this this is actually a compliment when yeah. i say that when i say that it's it's like that's like that's my sexy word of the year it's boring um because <laughs> because you know like it's not flashy to go out and like even now now with me and i don't i don't do fire but i actually do save and invest 30 percent of my take home pay um and it's like to me that's the sexiest thing i've ever done and it's the most boring thing i've ever done it's like uh you know and it's it it does it, it does and, and and that is nothing compared to what some of those people, you know, I hear them do. Like, I mean, I don't know how people live on 20% of their income. Again, I've like, what the fuck? But it's it shows you that you it, you have to work for it. Like, it's not like, it's not just about vision, like, uh, what do you call it? Um, visualizing it. And yes, you have to have a goal in mind and, and an idea that's always helpful. But it's not just by sitting down on your couch that it's going to happen. You've actually got to make yeah. some sort of sacrifice. Um, but it's not going to feel like it if you know what you're doing it for, right? Like for me, I'm more than happy to put that money aside and, and invest it and all that kind of stuff. More than happy to do it because it's a bad time. But a, a younger me would have been like, oh, no, why am I doing that for? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so. I mean, I think it's people in that movement are looking they have like a long-term goal in mind. And I think, I feel like a lot of couples do it together, which it, it always helps to have that other person yes. or partner with you and two incomes obviously helps. 100%. So I feel like that also yes. is a thing with two people. <laughs> yeah. Two incomes and you split the cost of everything. Yes, 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 yes. Not the same. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely helps. But I mean, I think, you know, yeah, when you get to your late thirties and early forties, still being able to invest 30 to 40% of your income to still be able to retire potentially early and have the money you want to be able to have that freedom in retirement mm. is you have to know which number you're, what number am I aiming for? And then how do I back into that number? It's like, yeah. you can't just make up a number. It's like, what am I aiming at? And then how do I, how, what do I need to invest a month to get there? And that's what the fire movement does on like a longer term. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even looking at retiring early. I'm just looking at actually having a good retire, like having a, a normal retirement. That's, 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 that's my, if it gets, yeah. if all of a sudden I start to sell like tons of courses and I'm like, you know, making it rain, amazing, then I could probably like retire <laughs> early. But if that doesn't happen, like my day job isn't, you know, with that, it's, it's, it's just, it's what I'm like, my, what, what's my, what I'm able to do is to be able to actually have an actual retirement. Yeah. You know, like actual spending money right. when I retire. That's what I'm, because yeah, like I don't want to have to worry about turning on the heat or, you know, affording healthcare and that kind of no. stuff. Right. So, um, but yeah, there's, there are ways and I'm, I'm working on those to make sure if I can see if I can retire early, but it's, yeah, I think it's important just to put that, if you can plant that seed into someone's head, um, it's, 
it's it's like um i mean i'm really glad that seed was planted into my head that i had to get my shit together get out of debt budget save and it took it was painful to learn about all of this like it's not easy to get financially just a bit more literate um it's really painful there's a lot of terms being thrown around right um but yeah. it's it's once you get through that pain like it gets then it's like incredible like because you feel so much more relaxed I feel so much more relaxed now yeah like I said it's te- temporary right if you're looking at it like I can do this I can really cut back and and live on less than I make and really be intentional I use that word intentional a lot but be intentional with my money I work I always tell people you work 40 plus hours a week but you can't manage your money for 10 to 15 minutes. You work 40 plus hours a week to make money, but you can't manage, you can't take 10 to 15 minutes a week to manage your money. How does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it does. What's the, um, I don't know if you want to answer like for yourself or for people you that you've worked with, like what has been like the most difficult thing to grasp for you to get to the level you are now? So, you know, you paid off a big chunk of money, you know, big debts, you not just did that, you got your budget under control. And, you know, you've said on social media, so I know I'm not divulging state secrets, but you've managed <laughs> to make quite a big, you know, a good chunk of money, right? I want to say it's like 250,000. I don't know, like in terms of yeah. assets, I don't know. But what was mm-hmm. the, the, the most difficult thing you would say for you was to grasp to get to that level what was that thing you had to overcome yourself to get to that to where you are today i think it was my past with money and and understanding my financial habits was probably the biggest thing and knowing that my past didn't have to equal my future so living paycheck to paycheck was super normal to me and how i grew up in that scarcity mentality around money and so for me it was my past doesn't have to equal my future just because i this is what's normal to me and how I grew up and how the majority of people are living. I can be different. You know, I can change this cycle in my life and accepting that like there's guilt and shame around what I could have done differently with money, Yeah. but I'm going to make a different, I'm going to make a decision to do something differently now and move on and educate myself and empower myself around finances, which is really important. So I think just making that decision and being having that long-term vision in mind. Like so many people don't have a long-term vision for what they want for their life and how they're going to get there. So creating that vision and really like, how am I going to, you know, what do I need to do financially to get there? Is a lot of pe- a lot of things that people don't think about that's related to their finances. Money is just the, managing the money is just like one small part of it. <laughs> it's really like knowing that your past doesn't have to define you and you can like change your life if you choose to. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I like that you said about like, you know, like the, your past enough to equal your future. And there's, there can be a lot of guilt and shame in, um, in like realizing that you're responsible for what's happening. Right. Like I know for me, like, and that's, I think that's like for life in general, right? Like there is, you and I are responsible for where we are today, like good or bad. Right. It's like, every decisions that we've ever made now I know I say you and I can't loop you in but like I guess for me like I that was a sour it's a sour pill to swallow it's like I am every decision I made got me to where I am right now 
right yep. now. And I know yep. different people can have different circumstances and, and all kinds of stuff, but how you dealt with it and the decisions you made, those are the ones that that's exactly why you are where you are today. And that for me, like, was a really hard pill to swallow. I was just like, I'm the only one responsible for everything right here. Like, really am. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that come that can come out of that, right? Like if you ever realize that in your life, is that you can also change that. Like I know for me, I'm like, damn, I should have done this 20 years ago, like the saving money, for example. Um, yeah. I could probably have retired now. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> like if you think about it, right? It's insane. And but I can't think like that. Like I may as well start now and not put it off in another year just because I feel depressed about it. Like I could have done yeah. that. I could have made that choice going, oh, this is so depressing and unfair. I should have been told, woe is me, right? That whole victim mode. But no, yeah. like I like, I need to fucking do this now because I should have done this like 20 years ago. <laughs> so, For sure. You know? Yeah. yeah Lighting that fire. Yeah. <laughs> I also think, oh, something that, that made me think about too is like, I think that something comes up, especially for women, is that you, I deserve to have a life that I dream about and that I don't have to stress about money. You know, like we get this whole, this whole about like just feeling that we're worthy of having money is super important. Cause like, I still struggle with some of that and just like what I put out, put out there and how I put it out there because, you know, with <laughs> why would, why we see other people doing it and living this life we want to create. And we think like, oh, well, we don't deserve that. Like deep down, there's this desire yeah. in us, but like deep down, we have this belief that we don't deserve wealth and we don't deserve to have this life that we have. So I think knowing that and believing, not just knowing, believing that you deserve to live a life where you can buy, you know, go on these trips that you want to go on and treat your family and actually be able to give back like the giving for me and being able to put giving into my budget and help people and pick up the check and things like that are like those small things that like really change your life when you empower yourself around money. That is, that's what you could ask part of your love language too, right? I mean, I, I get off on that. Like if I can go home and I can just look after my mom, like we go grocery shopping, I take it, like I pay for, or I pay for the dinner or I can buy her things that I know she needs. Yeah, that I can get for her because I'm in a different country so that I can I can buy it here or go to Belgium, buy it and then bring it home to where she lives. Like, and I don't have to stress about it. I used to have to stress about it. It used to literally because I didn't have the money and I used to be so stressed about it and you feel so guilty, right? And the minute that you can yeah. do it, it's like, and she doesn't need, she does not need my money. Like, you know, my mom yeah. <laughs> much better decisions than I did, right? But the fact that I can, because I feel like, you know, it's my time to give back now, you know? And that's an important thing that money actually does allow you. And like you said, society or somehow, somewhere, we condition that we're not deserving of the money. We shouldn't be asking for money. We shouldn't be asking for that pay rise, which that makes me really yeah. angry. But we should yeah. not be negotiating <laughs> anything. And it's like, no, that is like, that is actually one way you, you keep people down is by not letting them having that, that financial, a bit more autonomy with their finances and, and, and not having to worry so much about it. I still worry about things. I can't just suddenly go, oh, I'm going to go into a two bedroom flat and have a dog. And there's those things I still need to, you know, be careful of. But 
is so much more different than before. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think, I think, yeah, um, I understand that whole thing. I used to do stuff um, in the previous business I had. I was like, I, I just, I had a, such an issue charging people. I just be doing mm-hmm. things for free. For who? Why am I doing exactly. stuff for free all the time? Why? <laughs> like, it's madness. It's mad, but yeah. that's like, it's, it's a mindset issue. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of mindset. Just, and that's like knowing your worth and knowing your value that you're bringing, you know? So I feel like that's huge. And like you said, the giving back, even if it's the small things is like the super fun part of doing this work. And, you know, I'm planning a trip at the end of the year with my mom. And like, my goal is to have first class, like to buy business class, like Uh flights, like we're going to have first, you know, and just something, you know, I never, even the trip is something I wouldn't have ever dreamed about going on. But now it's like that trip is no problem. And like, let's now like make this like an amazing trip, you know? Um, So yeah, money should be fun while also hitting your savings goals for the long term and having that vision. So yes. Yeah. yeah, and once as long as you do this every month, like or you're regularly, you know, you're putting money for your long term goal, then you can look at your short term goal too, right? So then you can start to like that's where you get to enjoy. It's like you actually can look forward to that trip, and it, yeah, and that's the thing is that money actually gives you those experiences, and that that's I think, I mean, what I'm hearing when I'm listening to you is that. It's also that memory part, right, that you're building up. Like mm-hmm. you're going to create memories with your mom because memories yeah. at the end of the day, that's all you're going to have. When you sat down and you're on your chair, on your balcony or looking out at your garden, when your body is like, can't, is not as fast anymore, you're going to have all your memories. You're going to have to go back to and go, oh, and you can yeah. relive all this stuff, right? And so it's that memory bank you want. Um, and experiences is, is what grants you that. Um, and Yeah. Yeah. 1000%. And just like you, I, I think you said something important too. like, no matter how much work you do around your money, that stress and anxiety, like never fully goes away. There's always some level of that. So yeah. you have to know, well, it can be minimized a ton by having a budget and having a plan. You it's still, there's stuff going to be, that's going to come up financially. That's going to stress you out, but it's just how you now like, yeah, understanding your, your habits and having a plan enables you to now be able to have like way minimal stress. Like when a car repair used to come up for me, even if it was a few hundred dollars, I'd be like, just in a spiral, downward spiral, you know, oh, for sure. like, oh, for sure. freaking for out sure. about it. And now it's like, oh, $2,000, like whatever. Like I have it in my emergency, you know, it's not, <laughs> it just that, but it's still annoying and stressful. You're like, oh, I don't want to spend this or pay for this, but it just there, yeah. There's so so there's, that never fully <laughs> always goes away. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 that, and that's normal, right? Because it's it's part of life. Um, I think I've seen you wrote somewhere that you were advising people not to buy a house, or like you know, like or why not buy a house, <laughs> right? Can you explain a little bit about that? Like why maybe it's not always a good idea to buy a house, even if the yeah. bank is really really willing to give you that mortgage <laughs> payment, right? Because <laughs> yeah, are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people don't really look at what they can actually afford. I feel like a lot of people are house poor and what do you mean by house poor house poor? Like their house payment is a massive chunk of their monthly, what they bring home every month. And they can't really afford the home that they got because the bank told them that they could. And then they thought they could, but then now there's all these other fees and stuff that there's just a lot of other 
expenses that come with owning a home that I think people don't take into account because they have this dream of owning a home. Mm-hmm. And that dream can often turn into a nightmare <laughs> yeah. for many people if you're not planning accordingly. So if you already have a ton of debt, if you have a ton of debt and then you go into now I have a house payment, it's almost like with rent, you have freedom to move somewhere to downsize easily, you know, to get a roommate, things like that. But with buying a home, there's not always those options. It's like now I have a mortgage and now I'm locked in and I can't just sell this house. And if and if you need a new roof, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Right? When it's when yeah. you rent, you don't have to pay for the walls or, you know, things like that. You don't have to pay for that. Yeah, there's major expenses, major expenses that come up that people don't plan for and people don't have that emergency fund. So I feel like unless you really are financially prepared, especially with the cost of homes nowadays and interest rates and things like that, renting isn't bad. You know, I just want to put that out there that like people think, oh, well, renting's throwing my money away. Renting is buying you time to be able to save and plan accordingly and actually really maybe see where you want to live or what's actually realistic for you to buy. So I feel like renting, I, I've almost bought a home last year. It fell through. I'm kind of, I'm glad it did because those interest rates scare me. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't mind renting because it gives me freedom to invest and to save and to actually do other things that I wouldn't probably be doing if I owned a home right now. You know what? It's so, it's, it's so good to actually hear you say that. Cause I do actually, I did ha- I have a little bit, um, for the longest time I was quite annoyed. Like, cause when I look at how much money I've paid in rent, that's my house deposit right there, you know? Yeah. And it's like, and, and probably some like, although maybe not a house today, but because it's so expensive now, but yeah. it's, um, like, it's a lot of money. And I think there was a part of me that was like, oh, you know, if I could go back in time, I probably mm-hmm. would probably stay home because I left at 18. I probably would stay home another f- probably four years if I could and 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 basically save that money, you know, because when you're really young, your parents would probably let you stay, you know, or at least like the rent would be super cheap or, or they may not even yeah. charge you rent, right? Because you're so young, you can play that card. Yeah. Um, but um you know, and I was like, I would that would have probably been the wisest thing. But because I left home and I left, con- just I went to a different country straight away. So all of a sudden, like, you know, I didn't have that sort of, yes, I was just renting. I've been renting for now, a long time. But I also do realize that, there, like you said, there is a freedom. If I suddenly decide to pack up shop here and to go mm-hmm. away traveling for two months, I could do that and then come back and find another place to rent. Although expensive yeah. because I would have left this place but I think it's like there's um like you said there's all these expenses I don't have to pay for a new washing machine when the last one broke I don't yeah there's a lot of things that's great like I don't have to worry about that so in a way that like I can even change that into actually me paying that money to the landlady is also her in a way providing for me because I don't have to pay mm-hmm. for if suddenly there's a if we need a new roof or whatever it happens, right, to the house or yeah. the flat, like I don't have to sort that out. She has to do. She she's the one who has to provide for that. So I guess like that is how you see it, right? Yeah, it is totally how you look at it, and I think how you're, like you said, that's getting you back to oh well, I could have done this or I should have done this, and how is that helping you in your future? You know what I mean? Because like yeah, we all could have made different choices or 
done something differently, <laughs> done a lot of things differently when we were younger, but we, we do better when we know better. You know, it's like, you didn't know that then maybe, mm, or you, yeah. you know, you had, you had life experiences from leaving home that probably what helped you it? in that resilience you need now. This yeah. is it. Yeah. I don't regret my life at all. It's just like, like you say, like you, there's always, there's always a payoff in whatever it is that you've done, right. That you've chosen to do. So, um, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. You don't necessarily have to go and get that car, uh, that, that flashy car or like, I think like, do you, do you advise people to buy like a secondhand car that they can afford to pay full out, like in full or like, how would you, I mean, say? ideally, I know that's not realistic for the majority of people, especially starting out, but I think lowering your standards when it comes to what you need for a car, like people think they need the fanciest, newest, everything. And, and cars are a huge part of people's budgets. So your vehicle expenses, insurance, and your monthly payment is a massive part of people's budgets, especially with car payments being, I think the new car payment on average is like over $700 now. Oh <laughs> I don't know what gosh. it is in the UK. It's probably similar. Oh, I don't, um, I don't have a car. But that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys are lucky where you live. You don't have to yeah. worry too much. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a huge part of people's budget. So I think lowering your expectations and knowing the percentage of your income that maybe you should be actually be spending on a car is important than taking on a huge car payment and thinking, you know, because now they're extending the loans for like another several years. So you think your payment's not as much, but it's still a huge part of your budget. So, yeah, as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, your car broke down, right? yeah. like, like when you said, like, you know, it could be several hundred or 2000, right? That's sort of a, that's also a big chunk. That's an emergency fund situation right there. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 So, um, so Tanya, I want to say thank you so much for your time. Of course this was really really interesting and i and i love the way you you know how you reframed a few, like different things such as like you know buying a house and you know the budgeting and like the yearly planning and there was all kinds of like golden nuggets here today and <laughs> i i want to ask you the two finishing thoughts that i ask all of my guests and the first one is what do you wish you'd realized at 18 but really understood on the cellular level, not just cognitively, like what, what would it be? Like financially speaking or just in general? Oh, it, <laughs> and, and whatever, whatever, it doesn't have to be on the topic that we spoke today. It could be on anything. I think really just not being so hard on myself and not comparing myself to a lot of other people and what they had. That's probably one of the hardest things as a young adult, I feel like, and it takes away your confidence when you're younger. So I think just, yeah, just having that <laughs> and not being so wrapped up in comparison. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, obviously on the on financial front, like educating myself when I was younger and being more focused on my <laughs> financial future and knowing I'm going to have, I'm going to live for a long time. So yeah, I want to plan for that. But at the same time, it's funny because like, had you realized that you wouldn't have been able to also understand where your clients are coming from or, or your audience is coming from. Like you can actually understand what it's like to be living paycheck by paycheck and thinking that it's okay to just, yeah. you know, like, cause that's just, it's a very human thing, you know, it's just so human and very relatable that 
you know, debts and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it, it, it wouldn't have given you the career that you currently have. Right. So yeah, no, <laughs> I always think about that. I, I, I think about that every day, basically, like I wouldn't be doing what I was doing if I didn't go through what I was going through, you know, and I think that's really important with people you're going to work with, or if you want to do coaching or anything like that, like working with people who have been through what you've been through and can understand that. And that's what inspires me to want to do this job, you know, is what I've been through and helping people get to the other side, like how I have. So yeah, I definitely wouldn't <laughs> be where I am today if I had realized that younger. So, um, I'm, I'm grateful for where I am today for sure. Mm, yeah, no, 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 I love that. Um, and the second question is what stuff do you not put up with anymore? Oh, <sighs> that's a hard one. What do I not put up with anymore? I think nothing's right coming to my mind. I just think, um, <laughs> oh, that's, that's so hard. I've never thought about that. <laughs> um, I'll say, I think just like the excuses, like some of what we were talking about earlier is like making those excuses, like people who are always in, you know, why me, poor me, this, mm -hmm. and like being around those type of personalities. That's something that I feel really impacts my energy and who I'm surrounding myself with. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things is just being around similar not just completely like me, but like people who are pushing me and thinking like expanded above <laughs> where I'm at today is really yeah. important and not lowering my standards or lowering, you know, who I'm hanging out with. Um, and those people who might be stuck in those cycles yes. because it can just bring you down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's like, it's, it's one thing when someone is just out of character, like they just need to vent it out. Something happened, whatever. They just need to like, and then there's people who are like this all the time. And it's like, it's literally this, it feels like this like really heavy cloud that's pulling your heart down. It's like really energy drain, like these little energy vampires. And it's like, yeah, I can't stand that anymore. Like it literally, it depresses me for two days. I feel the energy around me pulling me down and I, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Like I'm done with that. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely, I mean, I'll say <laughs> something on a pretty personal note that a lot of people don't know, but like, yeah, I just got out of a almost a nine-year relationship and that whole dynamic in the end was definitely like that where just energy you know pulling me down and taking me like out of what I knew I was capable of doing because I was so wrapped up in you know this cycle yeah. <laughs> of this relationship but yeah yeah, yeah so. it, it becomes like this like fake alter ego identity where you don't even realize that you are absorbing it so much is become this this part of you but it's not you and you just you have to remove yourself from it yeah it's uh yeah it's a tough one yeah yeah but it's good that you're out of that yeah <laughs> it's good that you're out of that yeah, yeah. look at you it's, that's good it's yeah. hard it's it's hard it's just like cycles in your life and financial cycles too like we get stuck in patterns and stuck in how you know how we grew up and what we're used to and things like that so it's just always learning more about yourself and what you want out of life and like raising your standards. Like you said, standing up for yourself and mm. knowing your worth and your value is like super crucial oh, for, for your sure. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You have, you just got to, you've got to. And, and it's also because then that gives you also that hope 
and hope is super important to actually get things moving. That's what I think that's the energy that keeps us going. It's like, wow, like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like when you're talking about saving and investing for, for long term, right? It's like, because you actually hope that you're going to have a, a good life and you're going to have a long life and you're going to be around. So that's hope. And it's like, you actually hope to actually have a good life once you get there too. So like, there's all kinds of things that motivates us, but yeah. Um, now I love what you, what you said, uh, be- before you tell us where we can find you or work with you, is there anything else Tanya that you'd like to share with us? Maybe anything that I may have interrupted you or I forgot to ask you, is there anything that before we go into like, how can people connect with you? Yeah. Um, there was one thing, I think you asked me a couple of questions at once, but I didn't answer the whole debt payoff as far as like the strategy goes, as far as paying off debt. I definitely think from what the research I've done and everything that I've learned and taught people, the debt snowball method, which is paying off debts smallest to largest. So putting as much money as you can on the smallest debt and paying off um, minimums on the rest until they're all knocked out. That strategically and psychologically is the best way because you get those small wins along the way and it motivates you to keep going. So from a lot of the research, all the research that I've done, that's still the most, uh, you know, the fastest way to pay off debt for people. So, and then just focusing on, it gives you focus on the one debt at a time instead of, I have all these debts and it can still feel overwhelming if you have multiple debts. So really being focused on one or two financial goals at a time is super important. And when you say with the smallest first and then and that you start off with this paying off the smallest first, you mean the smallest amount that you owe on the on, like for example, like on one of let's say if you have ten credit cards, like you go with the one that has the smallest amount to pay off, or is it the smallest interest rate to pay off? Yeah, it's the smallest amount to pay off. Okay. So interest rate, if you're paying them off fast enough, interest rate shouldn't really matter when you get the momentum going um, from all the research that I've done. So like the interest rate matters can matter sometimes if it's super, super high, but like if you're not knocking out those ones, um, you're just getting that, that endorphin hit of like paying off that debt and like motivates you to keep going and wanting to do it faster. So yeah, paying off the smallest amount. So if you have one that's 1500 pounds and then the next one's 3,500, putting as much money as you can, on the 1500, then going to the 3500. Mm-hmm. And also shows us so that you don't have as many credit cards. And that also helps your credit score. Because I think if you have too many credit cards, that also impacts your credit score. I mean, it does in the UK, I think. So that also makes sense to pay off as many as you can. And that starts off with the smallest yeah. amount, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So, Tanya, <laughs> it was such a pleasure. Please, please, please tell us where can people find you? How can they work with you? How can they get that? budget sheet like give give us all the good stuff yeah the easiest way to find me is at themoneylifecoach.com so just as it sounds the t-h-e-m-o-n-e-y-l-i-f-e-c-o-a-c-h.com um you'll find a lot of my resources there and then you can find me on social media under the money life coach or under my name tanya schultz t-a-w-n-y-a-s-c-h-u-l-t-z i post almost every day on TikTok and on Instagram. So yeah, lots of stuff there too. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tanya. It was such a pleasure, pleasure to having you on. And thank you so much for your time and all your insights. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. 
And that's our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to rate, review, share it, subscribe, follow it on Spotify or whichever platform you listen from. However you show love is how you can support this show. Drop me your questions or suggestions for future episodes via the website at angie-s.com or come and find me on Instagram at tool for dishit podcast. Until next time. Using health inappropriately.